Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us on Stadium Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 or 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. We've talked a little Major League Baseball, Red Sox, Yankees series, American League wild card race. Tonight, Mets. Brave Series starts, Premier Series in the National League for the ESPN division teams. And it's um it's you could argue a bigger series because I don't think anybody really thinks the Red Sox are going to catch the Yankees, but a lot of people maybe most think that the Braves could catch or will catch the Mets. So we'll see. Scherzer's pitching tonight against Max Freed. Great pitching matchup. Um, Both teams played extra inning games yesterday. Neither team, neither team did particularly well in extra innings, but the Braves were able to pull out a win, and the Marlins beat the Mets. Uh, it was a, you know, Taiwan Walker's been, I've always been kind of impressed with Taiwan Walker. Now, he collapsed big time down the stretch in the second half of last season. So, Mets fans are going to have their antenna up for him after the All-Star break to see if he can continue to pitch well uh, this year. You know, last year he made the All-Star game, and then he then he just collapsed in the second half of the season. This year... Um, not yet, but if there's anybody drops out, he's probably in a very short list of pitchers that could replace him. And so we'll see, um, how that plays out, but no huge series. Um, again, it's still really early. One of these two teams could sweep this series and still win. I mean, one of these two teams could get swept and he could still win the division. I mean, there's a lot of game, baseball left. Uh, constantly have to remind myself and y'all of that. But but it's still fun. I mean, it, it's, you know, we're in the, starting to sniff the middle of July. A week from now will be the All-Star break. We are really in the second half of the season because just about every, probably every team reached the halfway point in the season at some point last week. And so it's... um. It is, you know, an interesting series to focus on. You know, yesterday, the Walker played against um, Alcantara from the from the Marlins, workhorse, throwback pitcher, and it was nothing-nothing going to the 10th inning. I mean, would anybody really be all that shocked if Freed versus Scherzer is nothing-nothing going to the extra innings? I don't think that'll happen again, but that's hard to do two days in a row for the Mets, but... But it's possible. I mean, Scherzer's last start, he went six and 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 didn't give up any runs. And but no one scored. It was nothing to nothing. So, well, you know, certainly we'll be keeping an eye 
on that series. Also, it is week six of our Footnote Summer Project, NFL week. Heartbreaking losses. So we want to try to, by the end of the week, rank the Saints top 10 and the all-time overall NFL top 10. So looking for your suggestions. And we want suggestions to put together a list. But what I really want and enjoy is the memories, the the emotions. The I remember watching that game here, and, and this was a especially heartbreaking loss because of this and that. I mean, it's just um, – the, the, that's the kind of stuff you 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 want. And again, uh, we 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 haven't gotten to it yet, but we we, we may start as this um, as the day goes on. But we certainly will as the week goes on. Try to start identifying teams that made the playoffs last year that we feel like, or that you feel like, um, most likely to not make the playoffs this year. We'll see how how that plays on a, as the show goes. On the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Again, Astros do not play. They got a day off today. Their bullpen got a lot of rest over the last two days with starting pitchers going deep in the game. So bullpen should be really fresh. I feel good about that going into this series against the little MVPs. But um don't feel that good overall. I never like playing a team that's just got their face crushed. Uh, I don't like that. I, I don't. I don't. The and, and especially since a week before the Astros swept the Angels in, in, in Houston and embarrassed them. I mean, it was just. I mean, they like Trout struck out like nine or ten, eleven times, something crazy like that in that series. I mean, they just completely dominated that series. So they, you know, they they they're coming off a recent complete demolition of the little MVPs, and then the little MVPs went to Baltimore and got swept in a four game series, and then of course in the middle of that series they got named to the All Star break. So we got to see the very humorous headline of Trout and Otani lead the American League selections in the All Star game <laughs> to little MVPs. That's so funny. I mean, I guess you got to give them something, so let them have their little all-star game announcement fun. Trout and Otani lead the American League all-star. So funny. Just funny. But anyway, I don't like this series. I, You know me. I, I'd rather play a team that – I don't really want to play a team that's surging like the Mariners right now because the Astros I don't think have the – their lineup right now – is a little on the iffy side. And so without El Perro and without Brantley still, again, at least Pena's back. But um, I, I don't really want to play the manager, but I'd rather play a team that was, you know, coming off of like they were 2-2 two and two over the weekend, not 0-4 oh and, and just getting your face crushed by the Orioles. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like the circumstances of this series, but we'll see how it um. How it plays out. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Howdy, sir. Man, what, what, now you were saying heartbreaking, most heartbreaking loss of all time? Well, we're trying to come up. We're taking suggestions, and we'll try to come up with a top ten at the end of the week. Yes, sir. Right, right. Okay. For the Saints? Well, Saints and overall NFL, both. We're going to have a top ten of each. 
Oh, well, well, for the Saints, it's got to be when the Falcons pulled the, uh, the, the Hail Mary the second time and they called the pass interference, which was a crock of crap. Yes. Uh, back in the, I don't know if you remember that, but I remember that. Oh, one. They, do you I know, remember? They, they did the two oh. Hail Marys the same season. And the first one they, the first one they were able to, 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 uh, to complete. And the second one, they got the, the BS pass interference call, which is what's pass interference, just like you said. We don't even know what a catch is in the NFL after 100 years, much less pass interference. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, the, yeah, the second one to me was uh, the one where Marcus Williams whiffed on Stephon Diggs, which was an easy play to make, and he, he didn't make it. Right. And then... Yeah, and and believe it or not, I, when when the, the game when uh, Jared Cook fumbled the football and started turning the Saints' fortunes around, which now we know for sure, since the Saints own the Buccaneers, that they would have most likely won that football game, right? If it wouldn't have been for that play, absolutely. So that's my that's my three candidates. But I got one question for you, Mister Foot. Uh huh. Barry or Emmett? Oh, I'm an Emmett guy. Uh, you know okay. me. You know. So, go ahead. Okay, so well, here's the thing. I, I'm just going to remind you of a few things. First of all, uh, thank goodness for you two, okay? Because it, Emmett, I mean, Barry always played when the Saints played because the Saints nor the Lions got much prime time back in those days, right? Right. So we all played the same time, whereas the Cowboys were always playing either later or getting prime time games, which the Saints never got. So we never got to, we really never got to appreciate Barry. And then on top of that, when you had the Dome Patrol, he couldn't run on the Dome Patrol. I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? They, they were that, that was one, out of all the big runs you ever see Barry Sanders get, not one comes against the Saints, which is highly unusual because you look at these other running backs and the Saints had plenty of highlights on them, right? But but when you talk about a guy who wasn't a me guy, a guy who didn't think about records, a guy who gave the football to the to the referee as soon as he scored, he, he actually took himself out of the game when he was a rookie and he was within 10 yards of breaking Christian Akoi's, uh, you know, the, the record, the Russian title for that year. He took himself out of the football game. They had the game won. He took himself out because he wasn't worried about the record. So are you an I, me, my records guy? Or are you uh, – it's all about the team Well, guy. I mean, I admire the way he – you know, but, you know, and Emmett mostly gave the ball to the official. I'm talking about more style of play. A great run to me is not going untouched for fifth, for 80-yard touchdown. A great run to me is it's 31, I get hit in the backfield, and instead of getting minus two because I'm trying to get 70, I get – enough for the first down, and that leads to the game-winning touchdown drive. That's a great run to me. So so you don't think that, okay, if you if you stopped Emmett, let's say, let's say you set your whole defense up to stop Emmett Smith, you don't think Dallas was going to kill you somewhere else? 
with Jay Novacek and and uh, uh, Michael. Uh, 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 what's his name? Michael eighty eight. Uh, uh, maybe, Irvin. maybe. And, and, and huh? Maybe. And, and Troy Aikman. I mean, wait, basically, you could not set up a defense just to stop Emmett Smith. On the other hand, you could set up a defense just to stop Barry Sanders, and yet he still had a higher per carry average than any other running back ever in the history of the game. And he was not only – you're saying going 70 yards untouched. The man hardly ever went untouched. He was a tackle-breaking machine. He, he, he was you a highlight film, no question. Huh? No no question. Say again? But, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I've always been an Emmett guy over a Barry guy. A, I'm not in for the flash uh, and dash. No, I'm not a, I'm not a flash and dasher. So, I, I, well, I'm, hey, I'm, if God gave it to him and he's just using it to, to, to maneuver and matriculate the football. And he's and, and you got to look at the people. When, when, if you go back and you look at him, it's, I mean, you go back and look at Barry's. Go back and look at Barry's highlight reel. And look at the people who are in the Hall of Fame that he just made look like silly. He, he made he made all-time defenses look like the Keystone Cops. All right, I got, I got it. I got it. All right. All right. Thanks for the call. Okay. I just wanted to know. Thank you. Okay. No, he, you know, again, I've always been an Emmett guy over a Barry guy. But um, he brought up 1978. And for those younger Saints fans or younger NFL fans, we're going to certainly detail that. It's almost like a triumphant of games. And it was, it was certainly the biggest heartbreak of my young. You know, I was, what, uh, 12 years old for that game. He asked if I remember. The very first of that three-game saga, I can still – Saints were up 17-3 to three at the half. We ate hamburgers that day. I still remember that. I don't know why. Then at night, I was so depressed. I made the mistake. I was still young and silly, and I still kind of make this mistake today. I called my papa at half and said, I told you, papa, the Saints were going to win this game. We were up 17-3 to and dominating, and I'm thinking, why did – and then the game's over, and they went on a stupid Hail Mary. Um, and I'm thinking, why did I make that call? So now I, I, try, I try to hold off certain texts and tweets now, thinking all the way back then to 1978, and then that night ate Golden Grams for the first time in my life. I have very specific memories of that awful day of of the big bid, no question. And then and then two weeks later they beat them by the same score on a on a cheesy pass interference call that had no business of happening. And again, it's not about rules. Not about rules. It's about fairness. Oh no. In some shape, form, or fashion. One of those three games are putting them all together. <laughs> we'll be in this top 10. For sure, we just have them together. And it's only Monday. It's only Monday. All right. We got to get, I want to get to some more calls, but we, we're way overdue. So let's do this. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, 
We'll get to more of your phone calls, whether you want to talk about the NFL, Major League Baseball, or whatever else. We'll take that time out. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. How about Louisiana Sports Station? Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, we're kind of kicking off football talk this week on Footnotes. A week from today, we'll really be getting into college football talk. SEC Media Days. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We'll be heading to Atlanta, RP3. And Matt Miguez will be down there in Atlanta bringing you live reports from SEC Media Day presented to you by Border Law Furniture. RP3 will be doing reports right here on the Footnotes program, and Matt will be doing reports on Jordy's show in the afternoon. SEC Football Media Days. You know, each a lot of them don't have um, – you know, a lot of some years is kind of blah, but where we're going right now in college sports, there's so many big picture discussions to have with the SEC and then especially with and also with the Big Ten media day. So a little bit of an extra intrigue, I think, this year, uh, especially with all of the pre offseason jabbering between some of the coaches and the big picture college athletics uh, discussions to be had. So SEC media days a week from today. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Let's go to the game hotline and talk to Thomas. Hello. Hey, Foot. Um, I just started listening, so I'm sorry if someone mentioned this, but did anyone talk about the 03 game against the Jaguars and Carney missed that extra point? It was mentioned in, in passing. Um, that was, in terms of Again, it's just it. I I've always said it's the most it's the back to back most unlikely back to back plays in the history of sports. Like, right? You know, to to hit a hail mary is like about you got I got about a one percent chance of that happening, and then to miss an extra point because remember that was when the extra point was like a you know a nineteen twenty yard field goal by an NFL kicker. You know, they made about ninety seven percent of them. So it, it was the most unlikely back-to-back plays in the history of sport, I think. And you never know. I mean, he could have made the extra point, and they still could have lost the game. But that yes. was—I remember listening to that game. I'm a lot younger, so I was only—I mean, I was—I think I was 17 at that time. But I was listening to that play on the radio, and I was just so distraught. I couldn't go back and look at the video that I didn't watch. The, I mean, I'm, I'm like you. The Saints lose. I don't watch sports yeah, probably until I'm Thursday just, or Friday. Oh, too heartbroken. Yes. It's too heartbroken. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I just want to mention that one. Thank you. I was at my mom's house in Baton Rouge for that game. We were having a family get together of some kind and have to look back at the day maybe and see what it was about. But I remember in my mom's apartment in Baton Rouge and we were having a family get together and that happened. Oh, that was just awful. 
that was an awful and and very heartbreaking. Again, it's um it's historically um significant gaff is what that was. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. What about the hear me? I can hear you. Yes, sir. Uh, October thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, against Cleveland. Oh, I was on the field. Um, the crazy thing about that game, I think Ricky Henderson. Uh, this is I'm just going off the top of the head. I think he had about over 150 yards, but he had some fumbles, some crucial fumbles in that game. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that one right there. Uh, hey, did you mention Fred Silver? <laughs> I, I haven't gotten to Fred Silva yet. It's only Monday. We got to pace ourselves. But yeah, we'll get to Fred Silva before the week's out. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, already uh, kind of. Hey, but hold up though. Was it was that the same year with the Redskins player spin on one of the same players? Was yes. that the same year? Yes. Well, that was the next season. I'm pretty sure it was the same year. I'd have to verify that. Both years were very frustrating. Saints went ten and six in '88, tied for first, didn't make the playoffs. And then in 89, they went 9-7 and seven and didn't make the playoffs. That's why I didn't feel a shred of guilt by making the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight in 1990. Hey, man, that was a game when I was uh, – I think Steve Walsh, Steve Walsh was the quarterback for the Saints. I think it was the 49. I think it was a, a game. Saints were in the game late. And Steve Walsh was trying to uh, down the ball, and he just kind of just threw it down. They called it a fumble. Remember yes, yes, yes. What, well, I remember the play. I, 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 I'm not – I couldn't – be positive. What I'm, I would think, it had to be 1990, the year they made the trade. Uh, maybe yeah. it could be 91, maybe, but it was one that of those two 90. years. But I definitely remember that happening. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, hey man, that was a game, man. The '93 season. Remember that '93 season? Same kind of started off real high. Oh yeah, five and zero, oh, and then the blueprint game. Jerome Bettis rookie year, man. Had about 230 oh, against sick, the Saints in the Dome. Remember I, that game? I think about it all the time. Every time I see the bus, I have nightmares of that game. Yes, sir. Well, look, I'm going to start calling you for the rest of the day. You have a good one. Okay, Thanks. take care. Oh, yeah. Just awful. The bus. Just awful. Absolutely. Certainly remember that. Um, those losses. There's there, – I'm, I'm telling you, though, there, oh, we'll, we'll get to it. It's only Monday. We'll get to some of those games. Um, the Fred Silva game, we've actually talked about a fair amount in this this past season. But if you've missed that, we'll 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 we'll, we'll get back to um, to that. In fact, one of the promos that we do sometimes refers to that Fred Silva game in 1988. It's a Sunday night game in the Dome against the Giants and Fred Silva, uh, who we later discovered, um, you know, was at the very end of his career and. Retired after that, I, I think, you know, senility had set in or something that was affecting his mind. His, his ability to judge was certainly altered. Let's put it that way. It was awful. Just awful. But, uh, no, that one was, um, I don't know. We, we, we ran across this last week in that for some people it might be like anger and heartbreak. Is it different? Is it the same? Should should you put them in different categories? Because, like, some games are, like, just you're just angry. And then other games you're angry and heartbroken. And then some games you're just heartbroken. I mean, it's just 
And I guess it just depends on how your temperament is. But it's like some games I think of losses as just, man, it's just, and then just total heartbreak. And then the game where you feel like you got cheated, um, you know, there's there's more anger mixed in with the heartbreak. Like the Minneapolis Miracle, I don't remember feeling cheated at the end of that game by the officials I'm talking about. I just, you know, it was just this awful freak play. It's like, what in the world happened? And for me, expectation goes into it. Um, I don't know. Just so many of them. Like it's 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 look by the end of this week, it's going to be virtually impossible for me to really narrow down ten because I take losses so hard over the years. So many of them, so difficult. And we we've just I mean we've already t- talked about ten or twelve here. I've written down on this list, and we haven't. There's so many more. <laughs> the stories to be told on awful losses. Just pitiful. But it's um it's all part of the fun. You, you, you gotta rem- in my mind, not everybody looks at sports the same way I do for sure. We've learned that over the years. But in my mind, you have to remember those losses in order to really appreciate the wins and the great stretches and the great years. And I was having this discussion with my daughter Riley, who's a big Astro fan like me. And I said, to really appreciate what what the Astros are doing right now and really relish it, you have to remember the years where, you know, like the, and that was way before her time, but like the Terry Collins years where they were constantly finishing second and just barely missing the playoffs and just frustration or the, you know, in the, in the, the 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 late nineties where you know the Braves kept getting you out on called strikes outside the zone, um, and and the frustration of the Cardinals years and and, and then going through the years where they lost a hundred games three years in a row for the first time in the history of the sport. I mean you have to remember all that stuff and 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 that has to be in my in my mind in the back of your mind because that helps you to really appreciate you know being the most consistent team in baseball over the last five or six, seven years along with the, with the punks. And um, it's, you know, it's just, it helps you to appreciate. So the fact that the saints are now um, won a lot of games, they've won, had a lot of winning seasons over the last 15 years or so. And the fact that, you know, I think they have like the most wins over like the last three or four years, or second most wins over the last three or four years, something like that. In other words, they've been consistently good. Uh, you got to remember all those heartbreaking losses. And again, some of them are heartbreaking, and some of them are just just total anger, just unbelievable anger. And so we'll we'll be we'll be remembering. <laughs> A lot of those this week. Some people can't take this. It's like, why are you doing this to yourself? But it's also part of the – I think I can do it because it's part of the fun of being a fan. It's part of the fun of um, – it's kind of like I said a couple of weeks ago. It's like the badge of courage of, 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 of doing all of this. Um, all right, let's go ahead and take a timeout. When we come back, 
I do want to at least start the project. We're certainly not going to finish it. We're not going to get a quarter of the way there. But I want to start the process of this week, in addition to our footnote summer project, I want to start the process of trying to identify some teams that um, made the who made the playoffs last year, start identifying some teams that may not make it this year. Again, I'm, I'm kind of opening up myself to football seasons right around the corner. I'm going kicking and screaming, but we're going to try to do it. Um, by the end of the week, I might be more mentally prepared for football season to actually start and to actually happen and to actually discuss it without, um, you know, without much trepidation. So we'll take a time out, come back, and continue to kind of wrap my mind around being how close we are to football season next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 11th, 1950, the National League wins the 17th All-Star Game 4-3 in 14 innings at Comiskey Park. It's the first extra inning All-Star Game. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles would like to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 337-288-8100. That's text GAME to 288-8100. You will be eligible to win an Apple Watch. In addition, it'll put you in your name in the hat to win a ton of other prizes, including Astro Tickets. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more details on what you can win and how to join. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. Each year probably changes a little bit, but roughly, roughly speaking, over the last two decades, there's an average of five to six teams that make the playoffs the year before that don't make the playoffs the the year you know the the upcoming year that you're you're talking about and again we're talking about averages here at first glance so we're going to try to come up maybe by the end of the week or discuss and maybe it might take longer than a week cuz again things that happen might change it like First week of camp, somebody might lose their starting quarterback to an injury or something. You never know what's going to happen. But, and that would drastically change some things. Or their best running back, or their best receiver, or their best pad, whatever. Key injury. But see if we can identify who we think are the most, or the five or six teams that made the playoffs last year that won't we don't think are going to make it this year and my first thought when looking just to remind you here are the teams that made the the playoffs in the AFC last year the Titans the Chiefs the Bills the Bengals the Raiders the Patriots and the Steelers folks the Steelers made the playoffs last year 
with Ben Roethlisberger, who had to be the worst quarter, playing at the lowest level of any quarterback in the NFL last year. Now, I know he had a Hall of Fame career, but last year he was awful. Awful. And it's funny to me that there are a lot of people out there that don't realize that while Mitchell Trubisky is is just is very average to maybe even below average, it ain't going to take much execution for him to play better than Ben Roethlisberger played last year. And he still made the playoffs. Just throwing that out there. But um, the NFC playoff teams were the Packers, the, the Yucks, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Cheaters, and the Eagles. Now, my first thought is what our perception is of the NFC right now is not real high. Um, The NFC right now looks like a very have- have not conference on paper every year. This is the NFL. This ain't college football. Like I always try to remind myself and y'all that that there are normally two to three to four teams every year that do, are way better or and well more if you go the other direction, way worse than you thought there were going to be. It would not shock me. There are a couple teams that, you know, a lot of people are kind of convincing themselves on the Lions. Look, I played that Lions game, and I've gotten burned by them. I did that two years ago. I said, I'm not doing that again. Not playing that Lions game again. Not They, they cheat those people so much. I, it, it, and they cheat themselves with, with ineptitude sometimes, like dropping passes at the goal line that are wide, where you're wide open to get wins. And then the officials cheat them so much because – for whatever reason, the officials have been cheating for the Packers for decades. I mean, it, 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 I don't know why, but they just do. But they really cheat the poor Lions. So, I mean, again, I, I'm until they do it, I'm done jumping on the Lions bandwagon. I've, I've played that game. I'm done with it. I feel sorry for them in a lot of ways. I, I just, but I just, I just can't go down that road. So, I, until they do it, I'm not picking the Lions. But some people are. I could see the midgets, the Giants, surprising some people this year. I could. I, I, I think it's. I think they finally have a state. I can't say stable because it's their first year, but they finally have probably. I think they've had a below average coaching staff for quite a while now. I think their drafts have been pretty good. I think their offensive line is is better. Has a chance to be better than it's been. Um, who knows how healthy they're going to be. They've been so decimated with injuries, uh, especially on offense in recent years. Their defense is normally competitive enough to to keep them in if they get any kind of consistency on offense. And you would think Dayball could do a, just have a consistent game plan, and I think he's got an offensive line to work with. They're very excited about Thibodeau, what they've seen through the one little rookie mini camp or whatever they call it. Um We'll see how that plays out. So that's one team that I can maybe kind of sort of see. The Vikings, If I guess if you believe that the outgoing coach has been holding him back because he's so conservative, which I guess you could make that argument, 
They have an elite running back who always seems to be hurt. And then they have a quarterback who most of us agree is overpaid. Well, you know, even if you, his mom would probably agree that he's overpaid. There's no arguing that that he's overpaid, but he's still a better than some people give him credit for a quarterback. And they've got some good receivers, and they've got tight end. I mean, they've got some weapons. Now, will they be able to stop anyone? Really, I don't know. I don't. Their, their defense is not very good. I guess I could see the Vikings surprising people. Um, but the rest of the conference just doesn't look good. Like, the Bears are just awful. I don't think Seattle—I will be shocked if Seattle's good. And and that's not coming from a QW standpoint. I just—they they, they seem like they're going to be—they're rebuilding in a lot of different areas, not just the quarterback position. Uh. The Cardinals, I mean, you have to be a pretty big Cardinal fan to buy that they're headed in the right direction. They just seem to be a mess. And, like, last year they started out great, and I was kind of, oh, man, the Cardinals, that's the team people are, man, they got weapons and they got all these good defensive players, and they just seem to fade. I mean, uh, there's so much empirical proof that he, the coach and the teams that he coaches – and Kyler Murray, they just fade. So it, it's very difficult. It's going to be very difficult to convince me between now and, you know, going into that first week of the season that the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs. I don't see it. I guess the um, – if the running back's healthy, I guess you could maybe kind of sort of see the Arnolds being a surprise team. I guess you could make that argument. I don't see the Falcons doing it, although I think the Falcons I, – I think their quarterback situation is going to be a little better than some people are saying. It's not going to be total disaster, but I always thought Matt Ryan was pretty good. And I, I think he's going to do very well with the Colts. Um, so I don't really see the Falcons doing it. Who else is going to do it? Now, you know what I think. I think this is the best roster the Saints have ever had. So, if they, unless they have one of these injured seasons like last year, I think the Saints are going to be really good, assuming they don't throw away too many games at the beginning of the year. Um, And we'll see what happens with the suspensions and the injuries and all that. But really, I mean, the Cowboys maybe not make the playoffs? I mean, I think the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. I fear the Eagles because Saints have no answer for the Eagles. The Eagles just own the Saints. Like, the Saints have no answer for that team. Um, I think the Cheaters are really good. I could see them not making the playoffs if if the quarter if the quarterback play is 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 not good. I mean, I don't I don't I think the Rams are ineligible to make the playoffs, but I mean the to win the Super Bowl again, but I could see them making the playoffs. There's just not enough depth in the NFC, and they're super talented. The Cowboys have a good offense, but I can maybe see them not get in. And the Yucks and the Packers, I, I just I don't see them not making the playoffs. And so I tell you what, in the NFC, there's not a uh, there's not a whole lot of teams to choose from that didn't make it last year that you'd be, oh, I'm all excited about them other than the Saints for me. Again, I could see the Giants maybe. 
I think they're going to be better. How much better? I don't know. But um, I don't see a lot of turnover in the NFC. That would be surprising if that happens to me. If there's more than two teams, Cardinals, Cheaters, Cowboys, maybe. Or Cardinals, Cheaters, Eagles, maybe. But who are all these teams that are going to take their places? The NFC just looks really top-heavy this year. Not a lot of depth. The AFC, very different picture. I don't know that we'll get to them today because we only got one segment left. But the AFC is very different. It's nice, I got to tell you. It's nice. You know, the first time the Saints were good, late 80s, early 90s. You know, they were in a powerhouse NFC, and if they had been in the AFC, I think they'd they'd have made it to multiple Super Bowls. But they were in the wrong conference with all these powerhouses. It's nice being in the weaker conference for a change. It's nice. I'm going to enjoy it all season long, hopefully anyway. All right, that'll do it for this segment. We'll come out, finish out today's show on this glorious Monday. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about the game clubhouse, the Game Rewards Club. So many of the great prizes we talk about earlier in this show and all the and throughout the year. Uh, you got to join the game clubhouse to be eligible, like $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House or $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen, Astro Tickets, all kind of prizes. You can't win them unless you join the clubhouse. It's free. It's easy. So sign up today by going to 1037thegame.com or 104thegame.com today. All right, so we've kind of kicked off football season here on the footnotes program and by the end of the week we will have talked about all kind of heartbreaking losses we we will be talking more tomorrow and the rest of the week about some of the teams to look out for maybe not being as good this year as we think and then maybe being better than we think trying to identify those teams um, we'll also have tomorrow um, again Game one of the highly anticipated Mets Brave series to discuss Max Scherzer against Freed, and so we will see how um, how that goes. Obviously, I think some of the negativity is start after the great start is starting to creep in to some of the Met for some of the Mets faithful, and um, Marte is day to day. Who knows how many games he's going to play in this series? And so, you know, it seemed, you know, the Braves have been the hottest team in baseball over the last month or so. And so we'll see how that plays out. I mean, again, there's a lot of games left. I said at the top of the hour, one of these teams could get swept and still win the division. But from a from a mental standpoint, I think it's pretty important. I think it's more important for the Mets to win this division to win this series than it is for the Braves to win this series. Um, I just think the Met. I think that, that a lot of negativity is going to creep in if the Braves if the Braves win the series, especially if they sweep. Um, but we'll see. Again, fun early season series. Might as well enjoy it, and we'll see what happens tonight. Kind of like that. Uh, 
kind of like the Yankees and the um, Red Sox series. Of course, I you know I don't think anybody really believes like the winner of that series going win the division or anything. And I guess there's some people out there that think the winner of this series will win the division, but we're nowhere near you know to that point yet. Just a fun series to follow, and we'll see how that goes. We'll take more of your suggestions um, tomorrow uh, on heartbreaking NFL losses. Again, we've it's it's most of it's been the Saints, but you know, feel free to call in other games as well, and we'll be bringing some of those in as the week goes on. All right, appreciate the phone calls. Um, we'll be talking to Michael Schwab about the Astros tomorrow and taking more of your phone calls. Have a nice day. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote. On the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You can watch us on the simulcast. Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. On this, I'm going to say glorious Monday morning. I got to tell you, I'm still a little bit perturbed by the Saturday loss for the Astros. Not so much that they lost the game, but how they lost the game. Those of you know how I look at baseball. When the season starts, in my mind, with you know ninety something percent of the time, you have fifty four losses, you have fifty four wins, and then you have fifty four games that you got to figure out where to put them, depending on how good you are, how healthy you are, all those factors that go into success or the lack thereof during the course of one hundred and sixty two games, which. Again, so many people forget. They think it's about an 80-game season. Um, Saturday was not one of the 54 losses. Like, when, when your team, uh, you know, if you get beat like the Astros did last night, yeah, yesterday, they won 6-1. to one. You get out hit. You get outplayed. The other team just plays better. They pitch better. They hit better, whatever. They beat you 6-1 to one or whatever, 7-2, to two, whatever. You're just like, well, that was one of our 54. You just moving into that category, move on to the next day. But when you're playing a team that's struggling, for the most part, actually, the A's had just won their uh, second home series of the entire season, and we're going for back-to-back series win for the first time all year yesterday. That's how much they've struggled. Um, And the other team gets four hits, And the only runs they score are a wild pitch, a pass ball, and a ball that was hit about eight feet in front of the plate. That's They didn't score a run on a ball that was hit more than about eight feet in front of the plate. Like, there's no way you should lose that game. That's just give it a game away. So I'm okay with getting beat by a bad team because that's baseball. But giving a game away to a bad team, that's different. That's just stupid. Like, that shouldn't happen. Now, on a given day, some teams get hot. The pitching mat, whatever. I mean, that's baseball. It's 162 games. You're going to get outplayed 
by a team that you're better than sometimes. But they didn't get outplayed by him. They gave him the game with stupidity. So it was um, not good. I was a little concerned after Friday. Astros got 14 hits on Friday. They only scored eight runs. I'm, like, eh, I'm always a little uncomfortable. When they get more than about 12 hits, I get, eh, I don't like this. Don't like it. Too many hits. Um, and so, you know, they paid the piper a little bit on Saturday, but still they should have won the game. And you say, well, what does it matter? You're up 12 or 13 games. Well, the Yankees weekend did not go as planned. Not a good weekend for the Yankees. Not a good weekend. They were playing a Red Sox team seemingly at the perfect time. Red Sox still uh, don't have any hardly any of their starting pitchers. They're throwing a bunch of triple-A pitchers. And the Yankees lineup is not the best when they try to get out with a bunch of triple-A pitchers. Last night was the only regular starter the Red Sox threw at the Yankees in the entire four-game series. And yet, with a dramatic comeback Saturday and then another dramatic comeback Last night, the Red Sox were able to split the series. Now, do I really think the Red Sox are going to catch the Yankees? No. But um, if the Astros don't just give a game away with stupidity, they'd only be three and a half out right now. Like, it's amazing. The Yankees are, like, off to one of the best three or whatever it is, three or four starts in the history of baseball. Something like, I mean, it's crazy to, to, to start there on. And yet, you look up, the Astros are only four and a half games behind and really should be three and a half. They wouldn't have gave that game away Saturday. I mean, they just gave it away. But uh, no, it's still very early. Long way to go. About three weeks ago, I pitched a fit on the air because, I, you know, you hear it locally and you really hear it nationally. All of this, oh, all the teams in the ALEs, the AL ESPN division, they're going to they're gonna all make the playoffs. And why are we even playing the rest of the season? You know, all those other teams, they don't have a chance. The, the, you know, the American League Central is awful. And, you know, the Astros are the only team we're talking about in the American League West, blah, blah, blah. You hear all that garbage. garbage. So what did it take? We still got a week before the All-Star break. And already the Mariners caught the Blue Jays. They already caught them. I mean, think about how ignorant. Of a, of a mentality that is. Such an elitist, ignorant mentality. Well, the Astros are the only good team in the American League West and the American League Central don't count. I mean, all the, all the wildcard teams are going to just, obviously, they're going to all go to the AL East. All of them. Ignorant. That's an ignorant, elitist opinion. It's just garbage. Now, is it still possible? Certainly it's still possible. But to act like it's just, it's over, we're not even to the all-star break yet. It's 162 games, people. The Mar- And like I've been, first of all, the Mariners have been underachieving all year. 
They traded for Robbie Ray, who won the Cy Young for the first time last season. Of course, he's going to have a medicine season. Whenever you win the Cy Young out of the blue, no one thought Robbie Ray even had a chance of winning the Cy Young, and he won it. Of course, he's going to have a medicine season, so he had a subpar first half. The, the Mariners had a sub. They, they did not play to their potential. But, but, I mean, I picked him to make the playoffs going into the season, not just because I just love the Mariners, not just because the Astros have owned the Mariners forever, just because they're good. They got good players. And they got better pitching than all these teams. And I said it then. All you got to do is go on one little streak and you're right there. Don't don't buy all the, oh, they got too many teams to leave. That's all a bunch of lies. That's all myths, all of that. Oh, they got too many. T- it's, it's stupid. It's a lie. Don't believe any of that stuff. They got too many teams to jump. That's stupid. So they win eight in a row and now they caught the, the Blue Jays. Ask the Blue Jays how much fun they have on these West Coast trips the Astros have been having to take for 40 years. For the better part of 50 years. Not all of them. For a while, the Astros were in the Central. It wasn't so, it wasn't so bad. How much fun did the Mariners have on that trip? They went to Oakland, got beat two out of three. Then they went to Seattle, got beat four. Seattle has caught the Blue Jays. So if the season ended today, I don't know what they do. I, I guess I don't know. Would that mean the Seattle's in because they won the season series with the Blue Jays? I don't know. Or they'd have a playoff. Whatever. It's right there. All it took was one good week. We went from, oh, I don't even know why we talk of the rest of those teams are all terrible. They have the Astros are the only team worth talking about in American League West. All the teams in the National League East are gonna make the playoffs. And in one week, they caught them. One week. It's just just, 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 whenever people say that, that elitist stuff, just laugh at them and say, this person doesn't know anything about baseball. And the sad thing is, many of these people saying this actually do know. Like, they've lived in baseball their whole lives. And, and every year, they become idiots again. And then, long about late August, they say, you know what? 162 games is a lot of games. Well, yeah, moron. It's always been a lot of games. Why you got to relearn this every year? They drive me crazy with that stuff. So one good week, boom, they caught them. The other thing, the other thing that's going to make it tougher on those elitist teams in the American League East is the Orioles are not a joke anymore. See, all the teams in that division have been living on going, you know, whatever. They, you go back, and it's incredible. Like, the, the Rays went, like, 17-2 and two or something crazy like that against them. You know, the Yankees and the Rays, they've been beating up on the poor little Orioles for, for a while now. Well, the Orioles aren't that bad anymore. In fact, the Orioles are two games out. Two of the playoffs, two games out. The, the 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 Red Sox and the Rays and the Blue Jays, they better not, they, they need to start worried about, you know, finishing, not finishing last in their own little division. Don't worry about the Mariners because they're probably going to be ahead of you. 
maybe not all three, but at least two of those, the Mariners are going to win more games than I believe. I mean, still got a lot of games left, but I believe that's going to happen. But um, you better start worrying about the Orioles. Not going to be as easy to go 17-2 and against the Orioles this year. Not going to be that easy. They're not a, a complete uh, joke anymore. So we got that going on. All right, folks. It is. Um, I, I've I've been I've gotten to this point kicking and screaming. I I I, I, been, I try to push off. I, I go through this every year. I try to push football season off as much as I can. Just push it away and push it away. Don't, I'm not ready yet. Not ready yet. Uh, and yet, it hit me last week. You got to stop fighting. It, you, it, it, it's time. All right. So I decided to give in. So what is this? Week six of our footnote summer project. And in my original plan, we were going to do college baseball and softball this week and do the NFL the next week, kind of like leading up right into training camp. But I've decided that, uh, you know, I got rebuked a little bit last week on and off the air about, um, isn't that a great word, rebuke? I love that word, to rebuke. That's what I just did with all these stupid elitist baseball fans that they think the whole, everything's about the Yankees and the Red Sox and their little division. So stupid. But anyway, that's why it feels so good to beat them. Um, I, 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 I've been fighting it. And so on this show, at least in my mentality, we're going to, I decide I'm going to, we're going to do NFL this week and we're going to kind of start looking at football. I've been trying to push it away. Um, by the end of this week, My oldest daughter's going to – Taylor's birthday is Friday, which means I'm getting a little bit older. But um, by the end of this week, it's going to be mid-July. Incredible. Like, where did June go? At the end of this week, it's going to be mid-July. So we will begin this week. We will have NFL week. So our goal is to have come up with the top the, – the theme of this – Summer project. If you haven't been paying attention or listening, uh, just to catch the theme is heartbreaking losses. So, our goal is to come up with the all time Saints top 10 heartbreaking losses and overall NFL top 10 heartbreaking losses by the end of the week. So, we'll be taking suggestions all week for that. And then also, in addition to that, I'm going to start a process. My normal first step each summer into kind of, all right, I'm I'm kicking and screaming. I want to push football back. No, 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 no. I don't want it. Get away from me. No, no. Let me enjoy a little, little more peace of mind before we get to the chaos of football uh, season. Um but my normal first step is to review the teams that made the playoffs last year and start to try to identify which ones probably aren't going to make it this year that made it last year and in who they might be replaced by. So at some point today and tomorrow in this next few days, 
We're going to kind of slowly start going through that process of trying to identify the teams that made the playoffs last year and what are their chances that they're going to make it this year and then who might replace them. Uh, we'll, we'll start doing that. All right. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we did a little rebuking, accepted a little rebuking. I love that word, rebuking, to rebuke. We will uh, take a timeout, come back, kind of start football season. I, I, I don't want to do this. I hope I don't regret it, but we'll try it. Next, on Footnotes on the Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnolds. Benedict Arnolds. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lavia, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. And speaking of kicking and screaming my way into football season or acknowledging how close football season is going to be or is, uh, about a week from now, well, kind of about exactly a week from now, we'll begin SEC Media Days. One oh, The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, will be heading there. Raymond, RP3, and Matt from Miguez and Mesh will be bringing you reports each day from Atlanta, live coverage of SEC Media Day presented to you by Border Law Furniture. So they RP3 will be doing daily reports on this program, footnotes, and Matt will be bringing daily reports from the Jordy Holtberg Show. Jordy Holtberg. So, we will be kicking off. Some of you will not be kicking and screaming. Some of us still will be. The beginning of college football with SEC Media Days a week from today in Atlanta on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I am am relenting. Starting to kind of think about football, and we're going to do that this week. Again, Week six of our footnote summer project, heartbreaking losses. This is one that obviously hits home uh, with the Saints, and we'll be doing NFL this week, so we'll be taking your nominations all week. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. For the most part, especially with sports like basketball and baseball where you play so many games. It's kind of been relegated to postseason losses. And I'm sure there will be plenty of postseason losses on the Saints nomination list as well as the overall NFL nomination list. But, uh, man, there's so many regular season losses that I still – when I think about it, just just bring immediate frustration. 
just immediate anger and frustration and heartbreak. And so there will be quite a few regular season losses we'll be going over as the week goes on. So any nominations you have, um, if you are on the, you know, want to talk Major League Baseball after a weekend, certainly feel free to do that. Astros are off today. We'll open a three-game series tomorrow in the land of the little MVPs. Uh, I don't really like this matchup. You know, the little MVPs just went to Baltimore and got their face crushed, swept. And so the Astros lineup is a little lacking right now. Pena's back, which is good. If you haven't heard, El Pedro Grande got put on the I.L. yesterday. And, um, you know, Brantley's still on the I.L. So, Pena was out for three or four days. And Dubon was playing. Now, Dubon's fine defensively, but he cannot hit a lick. And so, I'm a little worried about the Astros' punch. Bregman's doing some things. I I very much appreciate that. And Yuli's kind of showing some signs of coming out of it. Another big weekend offensively for the Candyman. That's always good to see anything you get offensively from him as a plus. So uh, I'm a little worried about this series because the unless the Angels have just tanked it and are limping to the All-Star break, which hopefully is the case. I'm a little worried about this next series, to tell, to be honest with you, because they're kind of due. If they have anything left at all, they're kind of due. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, bro. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you doing Saints this week? Am I understanding you correctly? Yes, it not, is NFL week. Okay, not necessarily Saints, but NFL. But, yeah, I'm assu- Saints are included I'm assu- in that for sure. I'm assuming the majority of these will be Saints, and, and this one's kind of easy for all of us because you got the Rams fiasco from a few years back, and that's that's going to be impossible to top. Sorry. It's- oh, no, it's going to be. No, uh, that, that's not. I don't even know if that's in my top three. Are you kidding me? Most devastating Maybe. losses. We go to the Super Bowl if if a penalty is called, and that's not your most devastating loss. I I don't I don't uh, I I mean we ha- l- let's go through them and talk about them. I um no I I don't I don't think that's not it's not number one for me for sure, and we'll see yours once we go is, through it. Yours is probably the 2012 loss to San Francisco would be my guess. That would be pretty high. That 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 might yes, I would think that's the worst loss in franchise history. Yes. Well, and that one was just a divisional round, so you still got to win the championship game if you do that. So the other two that came to mind to me were the, the losing to the Falcons in the playoffs in the wild card in the '91 season. And then the, the the Philadelphia loss in the dome in the playoffs in '92 uh, was just I lost that was so bad for me because I lost all faith in Bobby Abair in that game and I used to love Bobby Abair I thought he was the good system quarterback for the defense we had but Reggie White took that game over and Bobby saw the 
became a deer in the headlights, and I just simply lost all faith in it. And when you lose faith in your quarterback, that's just devastating because uh, it's just a finality where the next season doesn't mean anything because you know you're going to be stuck with this plug. So, And then look, one that may not be a Saints game, Kevin, is last year. The, the Rams beating San Francisco when they were losing in the last game of the season and the Saints would have made the playoffs. That one sucked, but that's just because it's just the most recent one that I can remember. So there, there, there is going to be a game that's not a Saints game in that running, to me anyway. But you can't you – can't, there's no argument you can make to me that will top the, the fiasco of the championship game where the Saints were – robbed on a bad call it's that's just impossible sorry that's well we're going to disagree on that but that's okay we have all week to disagree this this was a pleasant weekend because i beat the heat by just staying in the air conditioning and i gotta watch the the patriots beat the falcons in the super bowl replay and then after that they had the saints minnesota game replayed so i gotta watch the saints win the game to go to the Super Bowl, and I got to watch the Falcons collapse. So it was it was a pretty good NFL weekend considering it's the middle of July. So we'll live with that. But I want to hear somebody top the Rams-Saints game. I'll be listening, brother. All right. Take care. God bless. <clears throat> Take care. 706 706-0111. If you would like to get in again, we're going to do a Saints top 10 as well as an overall NFL top 10 because there have been, you know, obviously many other games that were non-Saints games that were, um, you know, were, you know, total heartbreak. And so it, it so much of it is, is, has to do with expectations. Um, just where you are as a franchise. We've talked a lot about it in these in these previous weeks. And to me, it's bigger if if you've never been there or you've um hadn't been there in a long, long time. Or depending on who the opponent is, all those things impact people differently. No question. They do. And so, we uh, again, we got all week. Joey hit on some big ones right off the bat here. But uh, I, I, I still say the worst loss. In, um, again, for many of you, uh, well, I don't know if I want to relive 2018 again, but I guess we're going to have to. For so many, see, I had been complaining about the officials – and not in the NFL rules, not so much the officials, but the NFL allowing themselves to put someone in the Super Bowl or take them out of the Super Bowl because they hadn't taken care of that. They had no fail safe. They still, and, and what that means to me is we're okay with cheating teams. The NFL's been fine with cheating teams for decades, generations. They cheated teams. They don't care. See, I'd been, and you say, why are you complaining all through the 80s and 90s and whatever you call the first decade of this century after Y2K, the aughts or what? I mean, well, why are you do? why are you screaming? Because they haven't fixed it. So, 
when most of all of you realized on that game in 2018, they haven't fixed it. Well, I've been complaining about that for 30 years. They haven't fixed it. There's got to be a way to correct this. They can cheat and nobody can do anything about it. And so, while was it awful? Of course it was awful. It was awful. But but the reason why it was so awful for most of you is because y'all were too result-oriented. Result even when the Saints won, I would complain. Well, why are you complaining the Saints won? Because they haven't fixed it. You have to fix it. It's still not fixed. Now, I think today, if that happened again, hopefully they're smart enough to say, you know what? Who cares what the rules are? We're going to do the right thing. We're going to do the right thing. But for whatever reason, they weren't in position yet in 2018 to do the right thing. Does not matter. What matters is justice. Does not matter what the rules say. The rules are irrelevant. It matters. It's all about fairness. And I've preached that for decades. They they just they were they're not in a position to to ensure fairness of competition. They still aren't. Because technically that could still happen today. Now, if 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 an ESPN division team, if that had happened to them, or you know, like the Cowboys, that oh no, they they, they would have changed it. It would be fixed. But it happened to the Saints, so it's still not fixed. So, again, I wasn't shocked by the reality that the NFL is okay with cheating and and they don't want they not they don't care about fixing it cuz I'd been complaining about that for for decades. The shock value didn't hit me as like it hit most people. Didn't didn't hit me. Now, I was mad that they lost. I wanted to win. But the shock value didn't hit me like it did most of you. That's why 2018's not number 1 on my list. I, I was more angry. Then I, I, it wasn't about heartbreak that one. It wasn't for me. I don't. I don't know that that's in my top three. All right, we'll take a timeout. We got all week to argue about this. It's all, uh, you know, that's part of the fun of football season, especially in the South. I mean, in the North, they love baseball, but they don't even understand it because they're all elitist. You bozos. All right, we will. Um, so let's take a time out. We'll come back and phone lines remain open all day. And so you can have your suggestions as well. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers. And the Houston Astros want to remind you, if you would like to win an Apple Watch, the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles would like to help you. All you need to do 
is join the brand new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-288-8100. Text G-A-M-E to 288-8100. That will put you in position to perhaps win an Apple Watch, as well as put your name in the hat for all kind of great prizes like Astro tickets. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Had an interesting baseball weekend. Uh, Yankees played the Red Sox, so nationally they were all abuzz about that. Ended up being a split. So any thoughts you have on that, certainly feel free. And also is day one of week six of our footnote summer project. NFL, um, heartbreaking losses. So any NFL games, heartbreaking losses. And obviously here we'll be talking quite a bit about the Saints part of that. So let's go to the game hotline. Hello. What a glorious, glorious, glorious day it is, my buddy Foot. Huh? Man, were huh? there some crazy defensive plays in that series or what? I mean, your boy in right field the other night, the ball goes over his head, he don't know where it is. And then yesterday, yeah. your boy DJ LeMay, you he can't catch a pop-up. Like, that's what I was about to say. Today's national DJ LeMayhew. Appreciation day. Oh. That dude can't catch a pop up if he, even if he had glue in his glove, man. <laughs> he, and that then, was crazy. Then that darn stupid first baseman, uh, Rizzo, he had an error too. Couldn't scoop the ball out the ground, even if he had a shovel. I mean, it was glory to see the Yankees implode like they did, and that, and that is why I say they're not winning a World Series. They implode. They implode. And I, I, just like I told Paul, they need to get rid of Chapman. That dude seen his better days. They holding on to some garbage right there. What in the world was Bobby Dahlbeck doing last night? Chapman had no chance to throw a strike, and this cat throws three ball, two balls that almost hit him, and he swings at both of them and gets himself out. I mean, if he wanted to go into the dugout that fast, just say, okay, raise your hand and say, okay, I'm gonna, I'd rather sit down. I don't like the pressure of this at bat. Just go sit down. That's right. But, but I knew my guy J.D. Martinez was gonna come through. He was due. He he's not having too good of a season this year, but uh. I'm not going to speak too fast, but I, I think that, that little first baseman we got, I think he's starting to slowly come around, man, but I'm not going to speak too fast. And uh, But it's a glorious, glorious day, and I want to share one of my – I mean, me being a Cowboys fan, you know I got heartbreaking uh, losses, man. Well, that's legal. Give them to me. All right. My, my biggest one got to be the stupid Tony Romo botch to kick. That I mean, all you, you're a quarterback. You receive – I mean – Handoffs all year long from the center, and you can't catch us a, a stinking field goal to save your life. At and Seattle, then what you do? You try to run it in the. Um, I mean, come on, man, come on. But that's one of them. But also, I like to speak on because I don't know if any Saints fans are gonna gonna bring this one up. But I think it was the year that the Saints won the Super Bowl. They were undefeated, and guess who comes? Rolling in on the, in their wagons with the best cow, the best cheerleaders in the league, the Dallas Cowboys, and everybody was saying, "Oh, Dallas ain't got a shot. Dallas ain't got." I was like, "Man, y'all due to lose one. Y'all due to lose one." And sure enough, their first loss of the season by the Dallas 
America's Team Cowboys. Saturday night game. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, no, I remember. Wasn't it after Thanksgiving? Uh, like it would have been around then, but it was a Saturday night game. No, it was probably well, it was after the, it was probably December, early December, I would think. Okay. One of them early yeah, December around, Saturday night games, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it was either around, yeah, it was like around the Christmas time or something like that. But I remember watching that game, and Tony Romo and the boys came in, and they waxed their faces. But anyway, uh, it's a beautiful day. Ball's crying today, but... Uh, It'll be all right. We got now. We got to go next weekend into the garbage can that is Yankee Stadium and play them for I think another four game series next weekend. So hopefully we can get a few more wins, help the Astros out a little bit, and uh, don't worry about uh don't worry about El Pedro Grande. He's gonna be back. He's gonna win the the uh, the home run race because Judge Glassman's gonna get hurt. But I appreciate you taking all right. my call, th- th- buddy. Th- thanks for the call. Thanks. No, I think El Pedro Grande is not going to be bad. I don't want him. I don't want He needs to take care of his hand. I want no part of all that home run derby and all that stuff. Again, I watch the home run derby whenever I can. I enjoy it. I just don't want any Astros a part of that. Let let every, let, let the other ones do all that foolishness. I don't want the Astros. I don't even really like. I mean, I'm okay with some Astros um, being in the game. Like Framber got his first appearance. Um, Icky, Ichabod Crane, Kyle Tucker got his first appearance, and they deserve it, and, and that's good. I just don't want them to ma- – again, it's a little tricky for the Astros and the Yankees because they got to play a doubleheader in Houston Thursday. I'm not positive, but I think they're the only two teams playing that day. And so they got to get back to, to real games quicker than everybody else. And so it's – um. Kind of just a little, 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 little trickier there. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Jay. Hello. Uh, I don't know if it was the uh, 02 season or the 03 season. There was a game at the end of the it had to be the 02 season if I if I, if I think correctly because it was playing against the AFC North. There was a game they lost, they went to Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, I think the same this game had playoff implications. They could still stay in the uh, playoff race. And they lose a game against the Bengals. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I remember exactly where I was in Forkett Island watching that game that day. Yeah, uh, I, got, and, uh, I know it's easy to pick the uh, playoff game, you know, uh, especially when I'm from a kid, especially those back-to-back years when they lost to the Falcons and the Eagles, especially that Eagles one. I don't know something about that game. I don't know what it, something about that game. I still, I still think about that game from time to time, even the uh, Falcons lost. Um, but something about that that game that collapsed at the end of the O2 season. Where I think who else they lost to during that stretch? In ninety wait O two, well they lost to the um, the they lost to the Vikings on the on a two point yeah. conversion by Culpepper. They put up like thirty something points and got beat. And then they and then they and lost the to the Arnolds. Jerseys, right? Were they in the gold jerseys that night? That day? Yeah, I believe so. Yes, and then they got beat by the Arnolds that finished it off. Yeah, awful. Um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to hear your insight, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm have a couple of games in now. Yeah, you know, some some going to have to try to reach the top ten. I know it's easy to pick playoff game. I'm sure someone's going to say if it haven't been mentioned yet, the Niners, the game against the Niners when oh. Odell caught when uh, Vernon Davis caught that ball. Oh, but, um, that's the worst one ever. Yeah, that, that's what you put up. That's what you put well, up. That, that's, that, that's my worst one ever. Somebody's going to have to convince me otherwise. Joey's already tried to do that. He wants the Rams game in 2018, but to me. The, 
Heartbreaking losses. I don't know if that's in my top three. Joey says it's got to be number one, so we got all week to argue about it. Hey, that, wait, that game against Jacksonville, that was 03 season. Was that 2019 or was it 21-20? Uh, I believe it was 2019. That was awful. Yeah, which is All right, man, thank you. I appreciate the call. No, you know, Jay brought up the um, the Eagles game. The Eagles playoff loss in 92, that was a late – that was a 3 o'clock or 3.30, whatever. It was the second game on, on the Sunday. The first game on the Sunday was the infamous Oilers-Bills game. And I remember uh, back, you know, before the Saints won the Super Bowl, well, now they have the media up in the rafters. Back then, we we had great seats right above that first level. And, you, and you'd and you go early and you could eat in the, um, in the, they had a little place where you could eat. And that's where you would see, like, you know, big time story. I still remember the first time Merlin Olsen walked in. I'm like, that man is humongous. Some guys are bigger than you envisioned being, and some guys are smaller. Like, Dick, Dick Buck is... I was like, he looks small. I'm like, that's Dick Butkus? I remember the first time I saw him in a Saints game. I'm like, that is Dick Butkus? He didn't look like nothing. But Merlin Olsen walked in and was like, whoa, this cat is humongous. But anyway, I was watching that game with Dr. Z, Paul Zimmerman. Old school NFL fans will remember him. He was a big guy years ago. And we were sitting there watching that and, and, and just watching the – Oilers collapse in that loss to the Bills. And then the Saints game was immediately after that. And the Saints were up, what, 20 to 9 at the half or something like that. It wasn't nearly as bad as what the Oilers were up. But they were up double digits. And I remember thinking at half, I just watched a team overcome, you know, 30-something point deficit. I mean, you know, what's a 12 or 11 or whatever the, you know, deficit that was? You know, 14-point deficit, 11-point Oh, Sickening. No, that was an awful loss. Awful. And we're gonna have, we're gonna be talking about awful, heartbreaking, agonizing losses all week. Whew, I'm glad I took my blood pressure medicine this morning. We will take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour on this still glorious Monday. Astros won yesterday. Good to see always 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 glorious after an astral victory, even it comes after an awful loss on Saturday. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Fidos. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about Astro giveaway number three. Saturday, July the 30th, the Seattle Mariners are in town. Like I've been warning y'all about, this Mariners team is better than the national media has been trying to proclaim. And the Astros are 6-6 six and six against the Mariners this year. And they've owned the Mariners forever. But this year are not owning the Mariners. And uh, they lit up Verlander. They lit up Urquidy twice. Uh, they have ha- they've done very well so far this year against the Astros, and so that'll be an interesting series. If you would like to win some tickets to that Saturday night game on July the 30th, simply need to join the game clubhouse. You could win four tickets to that game, a tour of Minute Maid Park, 
and hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening. Astro Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We, um, and to Jay's point, a lot of us, a lot of the games that we're going to bring up are playoff games, but it's just Monday. The week is just starting. There are many, many, many regular season games that we're going to point out as the week goes on that were just awful, just awful. And again, if you are a big Saints fan, and again, I don't, this doesn't have to be all Saints. Like, Martin called and brought up a Cowboy game. I got I got no issue. I mean, bring up any team you like. I mean, we want to we, we want to do an all-time NFL with it even if it's a game even if it's a game that um it, it you written, we both know has no chance of making like one of the top 10s. I still want to hear the story of it. Like I don't remember every game, but like he brought up that Bengals loss. I want to say it was like 10 to 6. It was awful. I mean, that was they it was just awful. And I remember being in my uncle's house in Forkhead Island and, and watching it and it was just like this is awful. Um and so no, I, I we want to hear the stories. That's part of the fun of doing this. It's to educate, to reminisce, agonize as they say misery loves company <laughs> kind of situation. But yeah, it's um all of that is part of the fun of doing these summer projects. So hopefully um we can enjoy and get a lot of great ones. I mean, I you know, until they got Stalin, Bill Parcells to be their head coach, I kind of pull for the Cowboys a lot, so I could probably give you quite a few um Cowboys ones as well as the week goes on. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. We'll another hour to follow on this glorious Monday on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles.